Hello, my friend. Welcome to another episode of Deciding to Win. Thank you for spending time with us. I'm your host, Reginald Nsoma. I'm an aerospace engineer with a passion for youth leadership and mentorship and the founder of Future Ready Africa. In each episode, we bring you an inspiring personal message to inspire you, motivate you to win in life. Let's get started. Mankind has always been fascinated by space and all that is beyond the planet Earth. More recently, there has been tremendous innovation and breakthroughs in space technology. Africa has not been left out, thanks to the amazing work being done by organizations and individuals like our guest today. Guido Schultz, the director for the Foundation for Space Development, and his team are doing an amazing work across Africa. Through their numerous projects and activities, they are promoting and creating more awareness of space technology across Africa. They provide empowerment for African new space activities and support STEM initiatives in space across the continent. He's also the strategy and innovation lead at Airbus, focusing on green and eco-efficient technology. He previously served as head of strategy and product portfolio management at Airbus Defense and Space. Guido provides more insight into space technology in Africa and how the youth of Africa are getting involved. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another special episode of the Deciding to Win podcast here. And today I have my wonderful friend, Guido Schwartz, joining me from South Africa, right, Guido? Actually, I'm in Germany at the moment, so um, trying to make a difference from this part of the world. Okay, that's amazing. You know, Guido has this amazing love and passion for the African continent. He has contributed in it so many, so many ways, and he still is helping develop space technology and other technologies in Africa. So let me just leave it to him to, to let's hear it from you. Guido, welcome to the show. And can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Great pleasure to be with you tonight. I'm engaged in the aerospace industry since uh, more than 10 years by now, before I was in automotive and logistics. I'm having different uh, experiences in project management and in particular business development. So uh, since more than 25 years, I'm coming to the African continent. I'm regularly tr- commuting in between Europe and Africa. And um, already very early, I realized that there is so much uh, energy, potential, spirit, in particular also on the aerospace side. So it's always wonderful to exchange with uh, young entrepreneurs, with students, and even school kids in the different grades on topics like space. Where, what are the planets that are in our universe, in our Milky Way? Uh, how are we getting there? How is the mobile phone working? How are we actually able to bring people into space? Why is there a space station? And how do the people actually live on that one? So there's many questions. And um, also on the aviation side, it is always fascinating to see, not just when a plane is flying above our heads, but how it is actually getting there from a te- technology uh, point of view. How are people actually building this kind of vehicles uh, that are on our um, sky and the transporting people from A to B to C in regional jets and also in intercontinental flights. So I think it's a super exciting field for everyone who uh, is looking into future technology, mobility, and also sustainability, because it is more, at the moment uh, one of the key topics in space as well as in aviation to create a sustainable future for all of us everywhere on the planet. Okay, that's that's a lot there. And it sounds very exciting. For me, I'm also very excited because I also have an aerospace background. And 
I always want to know whether your 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 passion for the industry was just like mine from childhood, or how did you get into the the aerospace industry? My passion was also from childhood. Uh, I think it started with with the first uh, sci-fi movies on television, which I watched with my parents. Uh, further or later on, I have grown when I've grown up. Um, I was in an airplane uh, the first time in the age of 16, 16, 17, if I remember correctly. And uh, back in the days, I took my first flight, and um, it was quite unique and special. And I was simply just loving it. And uh, I always wanted to be part of this uh, industry, of the sector in general, and to also see how I can combine it actually in between uh, my passion um, for Africa, my passion for this industry, uh, the technology in particular, and also to see how um, this can be uh, driven forward with uh, totally different uh, cultural backgrounds, cultural um, expertise. Because uh, we're all talking about user experiences and customer experiences. And uh, you have to combine the best of all worlds, or both worlds in that case, um, to really, um, yeah, to make, it, to make it happen and to make a difference. Wow, that's amazing. Now, you mentioned your passion for Africa. So where from that? And then why, why are you so interested in developing this technology and campaigning for it throughout Africa? Where did it begin from? Um, I think it began from uh, my a very early trip, uh, my first flight, uh, my first intercontinental flight ever, um, when I went to uh, Harare in Zimbabwe. Uh, I was just amazed by um, the rich culture on the one side and the hunger for uh, technological advances. It was the first days when a new university was founded in Zimbabwe uh, and the students were super keen to learn something, to create something, to uh, to as soon as possible graduate to get a job and to go into work life uh, and uh, becoming part of a corporate or becoming uh, an entrepreneur themselves and um, that was the very early days you don't ha you haven't had something like a low cost carrier that connecting the different countries and uh, just a short period afterwards the first low cost carriers came up in south africa uh, as well as in Europe. And uh, it was an interesting model because for the first time, uh, many people got a chance actually to travel and to see this beautiful and second biggest continent in the, in the world. And uh, those kind of uh, aviation advances actually connected in the cities, connected the countries, connected the cultures and the people. And um, from today in uh, in circles or rounds with, uh, with young entrepreneurs, I always see the spirit that is pushing them forward because they really want to make a difference. They don't want to accept the status quo. And uh, a lot is happening in the uh, aerospace industry, in particular on the drone side. There's many uh, young entrepreneurs, in particular on the um, agricultural side, who are going into the drone market because they say a lot of uh, capacities there and they see the possibilities that this is offering and also the advances that can be created um, by the usage of drones. If it is in agriculture, if it is in earth observation or remote sensing in general, or even in the transport of uh, medical devices or even vaccines, which is very important these days, in particular if you want to reach the rural areas much better. Wow. So um, that's amazing. So what are some of the initiatives or certain things that you've done 
you know, uh, based on the passion that you have for Africa, what are some of the projects that you've, you've been able to do and then you are still doing on the continent? So uh, one of the biggest things uh, in my early ages uh, was uh, that I could convince one of the, the local governments of one federal state in Germany during the 2010 Soccer World Cup to create actually a local business tournament uh, with African um, teams. Okay. So um, we were uh, creating a challenge for Africa Cup over here. Uh, and uh, we're just uh, supporting in this way uh, the African World Cup uh, back in 2010 uh, down in South Africa. Uh, later on, uh, I had a chance to do uh, different business development measures for companies uh, where I was working on certain projects, uh, for instance, in the automotive industry, um, which was super exciting. I learned a lot and uh, it was uh, a good opportunity to develop my own skills further, uh, which led me then later on to be part of a small group of Africa enthusiasts and Africans, obviously, who wanted to create some kind of entrepreneurship program to tackle the continent. And we were able actually to create Africa for Future, which was the first aerospace call in Africa uh, ever in history. And um, it was a very exciting and, um, and um, lasting activity. Uh, we had uh, four courts by now. Uh, we're operating in, in many different countries on the continent. We had super exciting startups from the east, from the west, from the south, from the north. And uh, we were having people who were from the space industry, people who looked into aviation solutions, people who looked into uh, drone applications of all kinds. And uh, it is always exciting to see what kind of energy and ideas get created by those young entrepreneurs and also uh, what kind of interest exists among kids. So I'm also uh, helping uh, to support STEM programs uh, via the foundation I'm engaged in, the Foundation for Space Development Africa, where we're trying to bring kids uh, closer to the beauty of space, uh, the reality of space, what planets existing, how does the International Space Station work, how is the rocket actually going into uh, space and uh, supporting us by uh, transporting satellites over there and what is a satellite in general and why does my mobile phone work much better with a satellite or why do I find my way in the car of mom and dad in the mornings to my school even if my dad hasn't driven this way before because he's normally taking another route. So those kind of activities are always very exciting and uh, they help to create a way Awareness. They create awareness on both sides. They create awareness about the uh, next generation of space enthusiasts on the African continent. And they create um, awareness on the other side of the Mediterranean Sea in Europe, uh, where people not really expecting that, uh, in particular, such a field like aerospace is uh, such so highly valued and that there is so much interest for it. And that there is an entire generation willing to work in this field, uh, create new solutions, and in particular, empower the African continent in a sustainable way. Okay, that's great. I love all the things that I said one day, with the, especially with the Foundation for Space Development Africa. But with the infrastructure deficits in Africa and then a lot of not too much uh, of our budgets going to research and all that with all these setbacks and obstacles how do you see the industry growing and and developing because from my experience i mean the youth get excited about the space travel and everything but when they read about it they watch all these documentaries and later when they want to express it they want a lab where they can go and see these things work and they don't see them in, in those things sometimes it, it sort of discourages them how is it your work to the foundation how are you able to 
make some of these things real and some of these relatable to the to the young people? So uh, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of document documentaries existing, and uh, people like to work in the same way. But it is not impossible. You have to imagine in the last uh, six to seven years, the amount of tech hubs technology hubs on the African continent has more than doubled. Today, we have around 700 technology hubs on the continent for all different kinds of applications. Uh, there is a massive amount of uh, young entrepreneurs who uh, are very, very intelligent and creative in uh, generating funds. Um, what is always important is to realize not all startups have made it. No one ever heard about a startup without a name because it is not SpaceX, it is not Tesla, it is not Amazon. It is the startup you never heard about it because they didn't make it. Most of the startup don't make it. But the question is, isn't it worth trying it at the end of the day? Because you make a lot of experiences. Eh? You learn, you meet new people you would have never met before. I met a couple of startups who even joined forces together because they realized that everyone has a little bit of a, of a brick to create the total picture. And they're still working together today and um, we helping uh, from the foundation in particular for the even younger generation that they first of all getting the taste and uh, the hunger for becoming an entrepreneur that they're becoming uh, that they uh, that, that they developing this kind of interest into uh, our aerospace and that they want to do more in it and uh, that they hopefully becoming the next uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Mark Shuttleworth uh, in Africa and creating really sustainable business. And there's examples every day on the continent. There's wonderful formats on television where you can see that this is not just hot air, the people really finding ways for getting funding. And uh, if you have a look into the, into the VC funds that are existing today and the money that is flowing into uh, African entrepreneurs, uh, the amount has extremely uh, increased in the last uh, five to 10 years. And uh, many people say it will even get further because the continent is growing um, and uh, the, the interest for technology solutions is uh, immense for many, many different industries, various applications. At the end of the day, everyone has to be the change and has to make something happening. You talked about research in the beginning. Um, yes, research is one point uh, or one side of the coin, but the entrepreneurship approach on the, the other side of the coin. Yes, it is good if there's a lot of research because at the end of the day, uh, and I'm quite frank with you, education is king. Without education, there's nothing that you can do. But if you take the education as your base for your next step, then I think you're going to go into the right direction. There should be more research. And in particular, Ghana, for instance, uh, has uh, founded um, the Space Institute because they want to do more research and they want to further emphasize uh, the field of space uh, in the country and even on an international scale. However, it is not just that side. You know, you have the private sector, as it is called, and you have the, the, the institutional sector. And uh, the private sector has to grow strong. And I think possibilities today are they are much, much better than for the generations before us. Okay. Now, I want to talk about the... Obviously, you mentioned some of the big names in, in space exploration now and the technologies. Do you see, and I mean, you're also with Airbus, how has the trend been for them having interest in Africa and trying to develop talent here and invest in the industry in, in Africa? How is that going so far? 
there's always approaches where uh, corporates going uh, into Africa and come up with uh, different programs uh, because they're seeing the potential that's the, uh, that a region, a country, a continent has. So you have many, um, yeah, let's say, foundations existing, like the Foundation for Space Development Africa, who want to help and to assist the youth in developing their skills. So from the foundation, for instance, we're going into schools, we're talking to kids, uh, we are coaching young entrepreneurs and mentoring them, uh, giving them access to our network and uh, seeing that we can actually push them forward to the next level so that they can actually make then the, the next step in their development. At the end of the day, uh, many corporates doing this as well. Uh, many uh, institutions also doing it. Uh, there's uh, European funds existing. There's American funds existing. In particular, Japan is very strong in this. Many Japanese funds existing and also with a focus on space, actually. Um, and I think the, the hardest aspect is always you have to know about it and you have to get access to it. So um, it's not always that it is big advertised. You really have to be on the net. You have to do your research. You have to do it regularly uh, to see where those kinds of funds existing. If it is original funds, if it is um, country, country specific funds. But um, I think there is a lot of opportunities. Luckily, many countries have realized that not everything uh, is about borehole, that it makes much more sense to uh, create sustainable developments, uh, in particular driven by the younger generations, uh, because uh, there is a hunger and a strong wish uh, to change things and uh, to change the things for the better. Okay, that's great. Now, what has been the reception to your work in Africa? First of all, reception from the youth and the young people that you are getting them to be enthusiastic about the technology. And then secondly, the reception in terms of government officials, local authorities, and then, you know, um, government policies. So how has it been so far? Normally, both sides are super interested in this. Uh, governmental officials uh, normally like to be around uh, and understand what's it all about. Uh, sometimes they even get inspired. Uh, they like them to create their own program. Uh, on a national level or sometimes even on a, on a regional or state level. It's always an interesting mix uh, because at the end of the day, you need the support by local governments and officials can help. Um, you have obviously then, it's a human thing. You know, you have, you have people who are more into tech. You have people who are less into tech. Some better understand the possibilities and the, the opportunities technology can offer uh, for further development, for create, uh, creation of jobs. I can't talk for all the countries. But I can tell you that I know about many initiatives uh, that have been very successful in organizing uh, uh, cooperations with the government. At the end of the day, it is always a, a two-way approach here. Uh, we're talking, as I said earlier, we, we have private initiatives on the one side and we have governmental initiatives on the other side. So we need both. It doesn't always matter that they're working together. I know that there's a lot of discussions about public-private partnerships and it has definitely its merit. Um, but since there is many people who want to uh, make a difference, who want to give something back to the society, in particular from the private side, because they're doing it, I would say, even more voluntary. It is a very important um, aspect of the development of the youth, the, creating the interest into aerospace, while the government has also its programs, which focusing very often more, let's say, on the practical sides and the practical needs. So creating the right curriculum at the schools, creating the right uh, university degrees and the content, getting the right professors actually to attract the students and to give them a point of view uh, that will guide them in their life and in their professional activities uh, for the next decade. So both sides are important. If they're working together, it is, it is definitely a change maker. 
But even if they're working side by side without directly being interconnected, even that is wonderful uh, because you have then even a bigger multiplier. Okay. But what about the youth? What, what, are the, what has the response of the youth been? Have they seen this thing as something far-fetched or something for the Europeans and Americans? What's the response of the young people to, the, to these initiatives? Do they see the, them, their future in, in this sort of technology? Um, obviously, if we have a lot of uh, technologies, from mobility to telecommunications uh, to our aerospace uh, and others, um, always people among the group uh, which are interested into our aerospace. But you also have people who are interested into agriculture or into telecommunications. So. Um, in general, there's always an interest. Um, often the question is, what could be the next step? How can I accomplish? It is interesting to talk about airplanes and building airplanes or creating uh, simulations for airplanes or for, for subsystems of a plane or of a spacecraft. But how I'm actually going to make a business out of how can I be employed in such a company when in my country there is nothing existing like that. Yeah. So normally students are super keen about it, but the next step is the important thing. And it is with all in the world, you know, only those bold ones, the brave ones, working hard at the end of the day, uh, it's never easy, but who really following their path, they're going to make it then. They're finding ways. I have a friend, he's from Nigeria, He's now working in Singapore. He was so keen about the aerospace. He went into the drone market and he then went to Singapore. And um, at the end of the day, I must say, coming from a very ordinary family with not a lot of money, a lot of things is possible. I mean, look at us. Uh, we're sitting here together. We're talking. We're exchanging. I think without me having studied in the past, I wouldn't have had the access to knowledge. I wouldn't have had the access to networks, to people, access to countries, to fund, uh, to companies, to develop myself further, to get engaged with certain topics and also then build up on these topics so therefore it's super important if you have this chance and if you find a way to make this for yourself happening that you're going to give back something to the society that you give back something to the next generation uh, because um, they need this kind of experiences because it will uh, make it easier for them you can help them to pave their way wow that's amazing so what are some of the things that has been the major challenges to the space and aerospace developments in africa for the youth based on your experience so yeah, one of the of the key aspects obviously is uh, that there is by far too less space industry on the continent. So if you uh, not in Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, you hardly have real opportunities to get engaged in the space industry because it is not everywhere on the continent uh, today. What is on the continent today is groups of young people, youth ambassadors of the International Astronautical Foundation, um, who trying actually to engage other people into the beauty of space into the possibilities that that sector is offering. Earth observation is a big topic in this regard. We all need satellite pictures, for instance, to better understand our own continent, to understand what climate change means, uh, to understand what my, my property means or what the way looks like when I want to visit my relatives or even if I want to drive into another country or fly over the mountains or there's many, many more examples. So... Um, the biggest obstacle normally is uh, having the constant possibility to exchange uh, with people who are in this field, in the field of space, and who are also um, having, um, besides, let's say, an uh, academic background, also a professional one. 
So there's, there's by now, luckily, many, many possibilities to engage. I can only recommend um, October is Space Month. This week is the World Space Week. This year, it's even uh, Women in Space, uh, the, the theme of the year. So there's a lot of activities currently on the internet. So your listeners only have to go on World Space Week in Google or in Bing or in one of the other search engines. And they will find so many uh, activities that are running on a global scale, so many videos, so many webinars, so many activities. People around the world who are working in the space industry going at the moment into schools, talking puppets about uh, planets, <laughs> about spacecrafts, about uh, how we're going to Mars, do we want to live on Mars, and many, many other stuff. Um, in particular, this time of the year is very important in this regard. And Africa has a history in space activities, and there is no doubt that it will also have a very exciting future. Okay, that's 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 great. So, which African countries are taking the lead in these space technologies? So, at the moment, you have on the West African side, in particular Nigeria. Uh, Ghana is also trying to catch up with the Space Institute. Um, there is initiatives uh, in Rwanda. Rwanda um, wants to become one of the telecommunication hubs. They even have uh, a satellite into space. There is, I think, around 20 satel African satellites at the moment in, uh, in space. Nigeria is also very strongly engaged. Kenya has even a launch pad. Potentially, it has a ground station. And I think the strongest player at the moment, in particular via the private industry, is South Africa. Uh, they have a long history in space activities, which dates back to the 50s, 60s of the last century. And uh, even today, they have very active private space industry. The South African Space Agency is also uh, growing. Um, more and more initiatives running, more and more cooperations with other African space agencies are running. And it's interesting to see in particular how many new agencies on the continent actually growing and uh, popping up uh, because there is a strong interest. Uh, more and more governments and uh, people realizing how important actually space is for the future from a communication point of view, a surveillance point of view, as well as from a very simple Earth observation point of view. And to use this kind of technology, you need access to space. So uh, having this kind of access, in particular for Africa itself, Africa has launches that bringing African satellites into orbit. Um, that is at the end of the day, uh, something everyone should strive for. Because that makes you not just independent, but makes you then a game changer uh, for many societies across the continent. Wow. Now, Guido, what do you say to young people in Africa who want to venture into these space technologies? Is it something difficult? Is it only reserved for the geniuses and the people who are good at mathematics? Do we have some age categories? Is it too... I mean, when is the ideal time and, and how does somebody who is passionate about it what are some of the angles that somebody can enter into this industry? So, um, uh, first of all, you should do some research. That's what uh, we always recommend. Do some research. What's going on in your region? What's going on in your country? Is there something space-related? If not, look into your neighboring country. Is there something? Is there a university who is offering degree courses? Is there industry existing? Is there institutions, for instance, who are going into Earth observation activities or who are running them already? Like in Kenya, maybe you have a ground station. Uh, or like in South Africa, you're tracking uh, launches that are going into space uh, for other agencies. Um, there is uh, always the need to look what is existing uh, and what is interesting for you, where you're fitting in, what is suiting you. Um, 
very important is to get engaged in the community. There's so many people uh, in the space community because it's not a huge community. Huh? It's, it's, it's relatively, uh, relatively small compared to the population that we have on our planet. Uh, and many people know each other and always someone knows someone who can assist or help. And uh, there's various degree courses on the continent existing from South Africa to Nigeria, from Nigeria to Kenya, uh, where you can actually study aerospace. Sometimes with a focus on aviation, sometimes with a focus in particular on space. Um, South Africa is very strongly in uh, satellite studies, for instance. So, and um, then also see that you're going to find a way to uh, get in contact with those companies. If you're really keen about it, um, there's also um, internship possibilities in Europe, in Africa, in America, in Asia. Uh, where companies looking for people who are enthusiastic about this topic, who want to, uh, yeah, be a, ch a driver for change. Well, that's that's great. Uh, now, Guido, the Foundation for Space Development Africa, I'm just doing some campaign for my folks here in Ghana. When are you coming here? When are you starting initiatives here in Ghana for my for my Ghanaian listeners? It's a very good question. The, the reality is that due to COVID, obviously, everything slowed down a little bit. Uh, we couldn't travel a lot. I know that one of my uh, co-founders is uh, actually busy and seeing how in particular West Africa is getting more engaged into the activities. So we were looking at the moment also into the East. Uh, hopefully by next year, we will find a way to Ghana to uh, really engage and to uh, also build up some context to the local institutions and uh, universities. Okay. All right, then. We'll be looking forward to, to seeing your activities for uh, my Ghanaian folks. Yeah. Yeah. So Guido, thank you so much for your time. Um, I believe that my listeners have been stirred up for that, but I don't know if you could drop some key websites, key places that people can look for you, look for some of the um, opportunities. Where do they go to find some of these opportunities? Um, there is different websites. Um, obviously, if you uh, look for the general stuff in, uh, in the beginning, uh, then you look into institutions. So have a look on the European Space Agency site. Look at, uh, at the NASA site, at the webpage. Um, then also, obviously, the, the, the big agencies that you have, the French agency, the German agency. Look into Japan, look into South Africa on the continent. Don't have to go too far. Look into Nigeria. So um, that would be, uh, first of all, some ideas. Uh, additionally, if you study already, go in, in touch with your professors. Most of the time, uh, the aerospace professors have also linkages, which can be very helpful. Then look into uh, the, the different corporates that, that existing from Boeing to Airbus to SpaceX to, to SSTL. You know, there's, there, there's many. Uh, there's many in South Africa as well. Uh, you could go to New Space or to, uh, to Cimera. Um, you have to get engaged. And uh, you really have to uh, do some research on the topic. And uh, one of the biggest, the biggest player, obviously, is the International uh, Astronautical Foundation, the EAF. So I can highly recommend the International Astronautical Conference. It's taking place in two weeks' time in Dubai. Uh, it's always a good address um, to get engaged. Uh, they have special weights for students. And um, if you have a chance to go there, um, otherwise, the very best that I have experienced in the last three to four years is if you want to go into space, get in touch with the uh, with the youth ambassadors of the International Astronautical um, Foundation, the EAF, because this youth network is really cool. There's really great people inside uh, from all the countries on the African continent. You will always find uh, someone in your country, uh, in your country, and. Uh, 
Yeah, I have an exchange with ambassadors. They know best. They know even better than me. Sometimes they're telling me what's what's the hottest stuff at the moment. So uh, I can highly recommend. Okay. All right, Guido. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we really appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> it was my big pleasure. Thank you very much for having okay. me. And I'm looking very much forward to see you the next time in Ghana. Yes, 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 yes. How do you say it in German? Is it Auf Wiedersehen, right? Auf Wiedersehen, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. then. thank you. Congratulations on completing today's episode. I hope you were inspired. Deciding to win is a call to action, not for tomorrow, nor next year, but for today, for now. We would like to hear from you. Reach out to us on Instagram and on Facebook at Deciding to Win. Share this podcast with your friends and family. And if you are inclined, please leave us a four or five star rating. Remember, you will win if only you decide. Love you all.